Hey, it's Kirsten. Do you feel like you're spending way too much money on supplements? When I started out on my health journey, I was also shocked about how expensive high quality supplements were, especially as I was upping how many I was taking. That's why when I became a practitioner back in 2018, I started offering my clients a way to save up to 25% off many of their supplements through a company called Wellevate, which is spelled W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-E. Through Wellevate, you can order many of the supplements that you're already taking, like Pure Encapsulations, Gaia Herbs, Enzymetica, and others at discounts of up to 25% off retail. And shipping is free for orders over $49 within the United States. The only way to buy supplements through Wellevate is through a practitioner, and I will earn a small commission at no additional cost to you while you're saving money. So if you want to start saving upwards of 25% off your supplement bill, go to the resources page on my website at carefullyhealing.com forward slash resources and go to the Wellevate section. You don't have to be a client, just set up your account and start saving. I'm Kirsten Ramstrom, a certified holistic health coach, and welcome to the Quest for Healing podcast. Whether you're just starting out on your health journey or you're farther down your path, I've created this podcast to inspire and inform your health journey through first, some extraordinary healing stories from real people, second, an exploration of some intriguing healing modalities, and third, through conversations with enterprising people who are making a difference in the health of our world. Welcome to episode 56. This week represents the first anniversary of Quest for Healing. I can't believe it's already been a year since I launched the podcast on 11-11-2020. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you to all the wonderful guests that have agreed to come on in the past year. I'm so honored to be the conduit for bringing all these wonderful healing stories and other helpful information to you on your healing journey. If you have any suggestions for other things you'd like me to cover on the podcast, please always feel free to reach out. The easiest place to find me is on social media on Instagram at Carefully Healing with Kirsten or by email at KER at questforhealing.com. The podcast has already been downloaded almost 20,000 times at this point, and I want to thank you so much for listening. Second, I want to announce something new that I did this year. It's called the Quest for the Best Holiday Gift Guide for 2021. In it, I've included more than 25 wonderful gift ideas for your loved ones and friends, or even maybe for yourself, and they all complement your health journey. They range from things like kitchen gadgets to personal care items, and there are some fun things tucked in there too. So I hope you find this helpful. You can find it on my website at carefullyhealing.com forward slash post forward slash HGG 2021. And that stands for Holiday Gift Guide 2021. And I will also include a link in the show notes so you can find that there. I hope you find this helpful. Now, because this is the one-year anniversary of the podcast, I have something special for you. This week is going to be a solo episode, and I'm going to talk about my own healing story, which is going to cover my struggle with brain fog, fatigue, and also lots of back and body pain, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, and more. I've talked about pieces of this over time, but I'm going to lay it out for you here in a more complete way. So I thank you so much for being here and listening to the podcast over the past year, and thank you so much for listening to my story. Before I launch into my health journey a little bit, let me give you some background on myself. Before I found Medical Medium, I had been working in finance in New York City, 
And I was a stock analyst. And I really thought it was a lot of fun. But the challenge, of course, was, especially when I moved to New York City after grad school, there are some fascinating personalities in that business. And it can certainly be very stressful. And I know that that had a huge impact on my life. So as I think about my health journey, I know that that had a lot to do with it. As a kid, I dealt with quite a few health issues like so many people did. I had ear infections and I had some random allergies that popped up occasionally where my lips would swell up. One that I remember specifically was a time we were at the apple orchard and I had just lost one of my front teeth and I had bitten into an apple and both my lips swelled up like crazy, which I'm sure had more to do with the fact that there were probably pesticides on that freshly picked apple than the apple itself. But of course, that landed me in the emergency room. And I feel like I spent quite a bit of time in the emergency room for little things like that as a kid. But it wasn't that big of a deal. And then when I got into high school, I started having my period. And that was a pretty traumatic event for me because my period would last for a long time. It was really heavy. I had tons of cramping. There were times when I'd start blacking out or vomiting. There was one time during one of my jobs while I was in high school where I was at work and I had just gotten my period and I was starting to black out and I also knew I was going to be sick and I ran to the bathroom and I was so sick and I came back out and I'm sure I was white as a sheet. And my boss, I was probably 16 or 17, and my boss looked at me and said, I think you're hungover. I think you were out partying last night. And I was so young and I was so embarrassed by this because I absolutely had not been out partying the night before, but instead I had these terrible periods and I felt like nobody would understand this. And so besides just the embarrassment of the fact that I had gotten sick at work, I was too embarrassed to talk about what was really going on. During this time was also when I started throwing my back out periodically. And this was something my dad had dealt with as well. And so I always thought it was one of those things that just sort of happened. I didn't realize that there could actually be another underlying cause for it. But it was something that caused me quite a bit of issues. Over time, I landed at the chiropractor. I had a back brace. I had a bunch of different things to try to help with that, as well as some pretty serious medications, because sometimes that was really painful. And if you've dealt with that, I'm sure you understand. Also at that time, I started getting strep throat when I would get sick. And boy, as I'm sure a lot of you know, that's such a treat too. And then when I got to college, I got mono like so many people in college. I laughed when Medical Medium talks about this because I was definitely that kid in college where I was partying too much. I wasn't sleeping enough. I was studying. I was having way too much fun though. And suddenly I end up with mono. And that's about as sick as I've ever been in my life. And I kept going to the medical office at school and they're taking all this blood, but they couldn't diagnose it and they didn't know what was wrong with me. And I remember at one point they said to me, well, you're our science project for the week. And that was the first time when I started realizing that the medical people didn't always know what was going on. And I didn't want to be anybody's science project for being sick. But what I learned later after I went home, I left school and went home and saw my regular doctor. And he said, oh, the challenge here was when they first ran your blood tests, the mono was showing up, but then you had strep kick in, which is so common when people get mono. And then that throws all the tests in an opposite direction. So like so many people, he finally loaded me up with drugs and then I got better. But I was pretty sick for a good month or month and a half with that. That was pretty brutal. And 
this was also the time I was one of those kids that I went off to college. And when I came home, I was allergic to the cat. And I think that was also, as we know now from medical mediums information, it was one of those things where the strep that was in my body had really started rampaging. And I'm sure the mono helped and the partying and the staying up late and the not sleeping. So it was also around that time that I started seeing my first food sensitivities. And the one I remember from college was bananas. Whenever I would eat bananas, my stomach would hurt in the afternoon. And I thought, okay, well, here's a food allergy. Great. So then after college, I started seeing some more food sensitivities. Jalapeno peppers were a big one for me. Those really started to burn my stomach. If I would come anywhere near one of those, I would have heartburn for about 24 hours. And draft beer was another one that I got really sensitive to, which a lot of people laughed at that one, but I could literally drink one glass of draft beer and be sick from it. And considering how much I liked beer at the time, one beer really shouldn't have been doing that to me. But what I soon learned was so many bars, when they serve draft beer, they don't clean the lines for the kegs, and so they can be full of mold. So I think what I was really reacting there to was the mold, because if I drank bottled beer, I would be fine. And so ever since then, I have firmly avoided that, although at this point in my life, I can't actually tell you the last time I had a beer. But it was interesting to find that that was one of my triggers. Also, when I was in my 20s, I finally started taking birth control pills to get my periods under control more than anything. At that point, I was having them for 10 days every three weeks. So it was about half the time. And they were still super, super heavy with all the cramping that I talked about before. And so I found a way to use medication to try to get that under control, which I will tell you at the time was such a relief. But I didn't realize then that that really shouldn't have had to have been how it was. But alas, what are you going to do, right? Nobody was telling me that it should be any different. A couple other things that happened during that time, I had had to have a CAT scan at one point. I'd gotten hurt playing softball and I reacted to the injectable dye they gave me. The funny part about it was, here I am, I'm in my early 20s, right? I'm in the emergency room. It's the cutest guy in the hospital. He's giving me the CAT scan dye, getting ready to do the CAT scan. And I threw up all over him as a reaction to the die. I'm like, oh, come on. He's the only cute boy here. But it's something that I started realizing, yes, my body is really sensitive and I need to be mindful of this. Then shortly after that, I got my first house pet, my wonderful Mr. Felix, who you may have heard me talk about on the podcast before. He was my soul kitty in life, I think. He and I were just such a great pair. But as soon as I got him, I started having nasal allergies really bad. And that's when I really started suffering from asthma. And the doctor tried to get me to get rid of the cat, but there was no way I was going to get rid of Mr. Felix. The trade-off there was that the doctor put me on three or four different allergy medications that I then stayed on for the next 21 years. And even after Mr. Felix became among the dearly departed, I still couldn't get off those medications because at this point, as I've learned from medical medium, the strep in my body was, it had so taken hold that even though the trigger of the cat was gone, I couldn't do without the medications until I found medical medium, but I'll cover that a little more later. But I will say there was one night when I was sitting home, it was Christmas time, I was sitting home and I was watching It's a Wonderful Life on TV. And at the time, 
I lived at the end of the driveway for one of the big hospitals in Boston, literally at the end of the driveway. I didn't even have to cross the street. And I'm sitting there watching It's a Wonderful Life. And I must have had a cold or something. And my asthma was so bad. And I was using my inhaler and I couldn't get it to calm down. And it was really scary because it was very cold out at the time. And with the kind of asthma that I had, I would react a lot if I went out into the cold. It could get a lot worse. And that night was particularly cold. And here I am crying, watching It's a Wonderful Life, right? And I was having a lot of trouble breathing. But I also knew that if I could get my hands on a nebulizer, that I could feel better and start breathing better. However, I knew that even with that walk down the driveway to the hospital, I might not make it down that driveway. And so I finally tried to just calm myself down and stay at home. And I realized that if it got much worse, I was going to have to call an ambulance to get me at the end of the driveway from the hospital. That was one of the times when it really started to freak me out that my health was seriously declining. So moving forward, after I had gotten out of grad school, I went to Australia for a few weeks to celebrate graduation. And one of the things I wanted to do when I got there was go scuba diving. And I got certified. And one of the things everybody talks about when you're getting scuba certified is that you shouldn't be scuba diving if you have asthma. But I had asked the nurse at school and she said, no, I think you're fine. Now, granted, I've just related to you the story from a couple years before that when I didn't even think I was going to be able to make it down the driveway of the hospital to get my nebulizer treatment because I couldn't breathe. So the doctor at school really didn't have that right. But I got to Australia. I was going to do my open water dives there. It was the last thing I needed to do in order to get my certification. But since I wasn't certified yet, I had to go take a dive medical exam as soon as I got there. And I failed the dive medical exam. I had already spent eight weeks doing the rest of the certification stuff, doing all the pool work, driving an hour and a half each way once a week for the last two months of grad school so that I could get certified and be ready to go scuba diving in Australia. And I got there and I couldn't do it. And I will tell you, I was crushed. I had been so excited to get in the water and see all the wonderful things in there. But here it was, my health was starting to hold me back in life. So what are you going to do? I went snorkeling. It was still amazing, but it wasn't the same. And I never forgot how that felt. So after that, I went to work on Wall Street. I started working crazy hours. My every day was a constant dose of adrenaline. And I fueled it more with caffeine every single day. I had Diet Coke as soon as I got to work. I had never really been a big coffee drinker, but I definitely lived on Diet Coke and stress during that time. And That's the culture in the places like that. And even if you were able to keep your stress levels down and had everything under control, the management would try to come around and just fuel everybody up. They loved putting the fear of God in everybody because I think they felt like when everybody was stressed out that they worked better. I mean, what a terrible culture, right? Just such a disaster. But that's what it was, right? I'm working on Wall Street. It's my dream job. I'm all excited. What are you going to do? And I do remember the stress did start getting to me. I do remember one time wishing that I would actually get sick. How messed up is this? Wishing that I would get sick so that I could take some time off from work just to get away from it all. And maybe that was a sign I should have listened to more closely. But alas, I stayed on that treadmill and kept working through it. But this was also the same time when 
again, I started reacting to certain things. So when I was having flu shots, I started reacting to those and all the lymph nodes on the left side of my body would swell up and I would be in a lot of pain for weeks after I would get those shots. And I was seeing an allergist at that point. He was testing me for things. He said, yeah, you definitely can't have this. But he was also doing those big panels of tests, which if you've had allergies, you know what this is. They will run 120 or 180 different shots up and down your arms or up and down your back to see what you're allergic to. And that was the first time that an allergy to eggs started coming up for me. And while eggs had always bothered my stomach, I never thought of it as an allergy. But I had never eaten them growing up. And my dad never ate them when I was growing up because they bothered his stomach too. But I never really thought very much about it. But at the same time, the doctor had also explained there's all these things that I'm allergic to, including all kinds of grasses and molds and dust mites and all this stuff. And you know, I needed to take special care around the house. And of course I was allergic to the cat too. So there were some things I should do for that. And I ended up with all the allergy covers for my mattress and my pillows and all that stuff. And while I was already on a bunch of medications from the doctors from a few years before, this is the first time my allergist suggested doing allergy shots. And so then I did allergy shots for the next four years And I can't remember if it was once or twice a week. It was certainly not less frequently than that. But at the end of four years, it did nothing. It did absolutely nothing. And now I shudder to think of what was in all of those, but it did absolutely nothing. And it was also during this time that I started having trouble with frozen shoulder. I remember there was one night I had worked particularly late at work and I didn't have my desk set up very well. I definitely had my arms resting on my desk to use my keyboard. There was certainly no ergonomic setup here. And my shoulders started hurting really bad. And of course it was on a Friday night going into the weekend. And by the time Saturday morning rolled around, I could hardly move. And so The following Monday, I went down to the doctor and got my first cortisone shot. And that was also concerning because A, the pain from the frozen shoulder is excruciating. And if you have it, you'll definitely understand the needle for the cortisone shot is, it's a little horrifying. It's long and they stick it straight into your shoulder. And I almost passed out from that too. That was pretty freaky. But within a few minutes, it did feel a lot better. But it was concerning to me that I had this weird thing going on. And at no point was there really much discussion about what caused it. Yes, I had this badly ergonomically designed desk, and I needed to do something to address that. But there was no mention that there could be a different type of health issue that fed into this. And so that was something I dealt with for a couple of years. I had probably three of those shots, and it was really hard to exercise. I traveled a ton for work at that point. I had a really hard time trying to put my luggage in the overhead on the plane. It was really rough. And so I ended up spending a lot of time in physical therapy. I think at one point during all of this, I ended up in physical therapy for two years straight and it basically didn't do anything. And so here I am in my mid thirties, I'm taking a bunch of medications for my allergies. I've got all these shoulder problems and back problems and nothing's really getting better. And I'm feeling like I'm on this downward spiral. And then 2008 hit. I had moved back to Boston at this point. I was working for a money management company. And as I said, I was a stock analyst and my specialty was covering financial services stocks. And I will tell you, 
With the financial crisis in 2008, that was not the best time to be a financial services stock analyst because all of my companies were getting decimated. It was extremely stressful. I watched about half of the companies that I had then covered for seven years or so go under or get bought. Uh, I watched a lot of people lose their jobs. I watched my previous firm go under. One of the guys I worked with at my previous firm had committed suicide after he'd lost his job after that. It was a very tough emotional year for a variety of reasons and all that stress. And at the same time, my father was dying from lung cancer. And he had been on the long haul for this. He had been diagnosed back in 04, but he passed away on Thanksgiving in 2008. So that fall of 2008 was pretty rough. But interestingly, one of the things that made it a little bit easier was in the middle of the financial crisis when things were really tough, my firm decided to shut our group down. So all of a sudden, my responsibility for all the stocks and all the stress that went with it in the middle of financial crisis evaporated. And at least I was able to give more of my focus to my family at a time when I really needed to. And so that was wonderful. But I was sort of a basket case after that. And so coming into 2009, I had started looking for a job because of course I needed to look for a job, but my heart wasn't in it. I was exhausted. I was tired. I was stressed and I really just needed a break. And so I went on vacation to Turks and Caicos with one of my good friends for some rest and relaxation. And once we got down there, we decided we didn't want to leave. We had both just lost our jobs. It's 2009. No one wants a financial services analyst. For goodness sakes, half the banks in the country have just been decimated. And most money management firms aren't hiring anybody at this point because the market had been so bad. And so my friend and I decided that we were going to stay in Turks and Caicos and start a little business. This seemed like perfect time since neither of us had a job to go back to. And we had had so much fun down there. And it was such a great place to blow off some of the steam from everything that had been happening. And so I ended up spending about a year and a half down there. And I won't lie, we partied like rock stars down there. We drank way too much beer and had lots and lots of really fun days out on the beach, out in the sun, on somebody's boat, doing all kinds of fun things. I never thought I would have a time like that in my life. And I treasure it for what it was because it really helped me decompress and heal from everything that I had been going through in the previous few years. But it was also during this time that I had slipped and fallen by the pool one day and I had tweaked my back and my back was still on and off a problem. But a couple of days after I did that, this is how I've termed it. My back went nuclear. I've never been in so much pain in my entire life. And my back had already been wonky a little earlier in the year. And I had already had an appointment to go to the doctor. And by the time I got there, I could barely stand up. I was lying down on the floor when he came out to get me. And I got in there and he said, you just need drugs. He's like, I can't believe you're getting to me like this. And I'm like, well, it just started doing this yesterday and I've had this appointment for ages. I figured you'd know more about what to do this than the emergency room would. But I ended up on all these drugs, most of which I reacted to, and I was in bed for the next three weeks. I could hardly walk to the bathroom. I was in so much pain and it was scary. 
And I had thankfully already moved out of my apartment in Boston and I was not on the island when it went nuclear. I was at my mom's house. So thank God she was there to take care of me and I had close access to really good healthcare. But it was really terrifying because if this could just happen on a dime, like was I going to have to deal with the chance that this could happen periodically for the rest of my life? I just didn't understand what was going on. And they did lots of tests and MRIs and scans and all this stuff. And I pinched the sciatic nerve going down my left leg. I'd pinched one of the other nerves. Half my foot was numb and I was in just pure agony. And again, their solution to that was to put me on a ton of drugs, most of which I reacted to. I had a rash all over my arms and legs. Some of them made me really nauseous. Some of them made me really dizzy. So even if I could walk to the bathroom, the 15 feet to the bathroom, I was so dizzy that I had to hold myself up on furniture. It was really scary. After that was when I spent a little more than a year living in Turks and Caicos and having lots of fun and drinking lots of beer and eating lots of fried fish fingers and conch fritters and all kinds of good stuff like that. And so after that, I came back to the States and I got a job and moved to Chicago. And that's when I said, okay, it's time to clean up my health. I've sort of polluted my body over the previous year and a half. It's time to get over this. And one of my friends had recommended the Atkins diet to me. And I thought, oh my God, this sounds fantastic. I've read all these reviews that some of the big doctors at some of the big hospitals have recommended this and that it's such a healthy way to eat. And you're eating a lot of meat and a lot of fat and a few leafy greens, but not a lot of fruit. But I thought this should be pretty easy to do. I like this. And so I started that and within a few weeks, I had already lost 10 or 15 pounds. I felt fantastic and it was such an easy way for me to eat and I was just thrilled and I thought, oh my God, this is really the answer. And it only took about eight months before my hair started falling out. I went to the doctor about the hair stuff. I asked everybody, is it because I've been on Atkins? Is it that way of eating? And they said, no, 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 no. It definitely isn't from that. What you're eating would never do that. Okay. But I will tell you instinctively, I knew that it was what was doing it. And what I finally decided was I would rather be fat with hair than skinny and bald. And so I came off of Atkins, but the damage was already done. And as I was going to these doctors, I got diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis and adrenal fatigue. And it was that fall, all of a sudden, one day, that all of my energy drained out of me. It was October of 2012, and all of a sudden it was one day, and I was like, what is going on? And I will tell you, it has never been the same. It's nine years later, it's still not the same. And it was shocking to me that something like that could happen all of a sudden one day, and how hard that's been to get back. And so after all these doctor visits and everything, they tried all these different medications with me, most of which I reacted to. The doctors tried putting me on a bunch of weird supplements where I didn't even know the ingredients. They tried a bunch of different things and nothing ever helped. And so I wasn't taking any of the medications because they made me feel worse, but my health was not getting better. And it was scary. I was in my early 40s and I could just see the life getting drained out of me. And nobody had any answers. And I was still asking doctors, could it have been Atkins that did this? And they said, nope, it's not what you're eating. 
And I want to loop back on my allergies. When I had moved to Turks and Caicos, I had been at the allergist right before I got down there. And I was talking to one of the people in the office and I told them I was going to Turks and Caicos and they said, oh, are you scuba diving down there? And I said, well, I can't scuba dive because I've got allergies and asthma, right? And they just finished doing my breathing test. And they said, actually, your asthma is really under control. And we're really comfortable where your levels are. As long as you keep checking in with us and keep getting the tests done, we think you should be fine. And I was like, what? Really? Okay, fantastic. So I did get certified to scuba dive when I lived in Turks and Caicos, and I just absolutely fell in love with it. But now fast forward to 2014, 2015, and my allergies are getting worse again. And I'm talking to the allergist and she said, this is just what happens. It just gets worse and worse. And someday you're not going to be able to scuba dive. And I said, well, that's completely unacceptable. And I need a different answer to this. And so it was at that time that I called a friend of mine and I knew she had worked with a Chinese herbalist. I was ready to start looking at alternative modalities because what was happening when I was going to the doctors just wasn't helping me. They were finding things to patch me up and keep me okay, but it wasn't helping me. And I was not ready to give up on scuba diving. And I thought herbalism might be something that would help. Instead, she connected me with a Chinese chi healer, which was something I had never even explored before. And that actually involved a lot of emotional work. It was emotional work coupled with energy work. And I found that extremely helpful it didn't necessarily take care of my allergies, but it did help me start doing some of the emotional work. And by the time I was in my mid forties, like so many people, I had enough emotional stuff from my complex emotional life that could use some dealing with. And what it did actually help me with a little bit was how I was reacting to pets. And so I had a few friends who had cats and whatnot at that point. My Mr. Felix was already among the dearly departed at that point, but I would house sit for my friends when they would go out of town and I would take care of their pets. And of course I love their pets, but I would get all sneezy. But once I started working with the chi healer, it actually got a little bit better. And so that was a surprise. And I was happy to see that moving in the right direction. And especially since it was a modality that I had not really considered before. But the best news was this started opening me up to some of these alternative things. Because also at the same time, the other thing that was happening was I started getting really bad brain fog and I didn't know it was brain fog because I didn't know what brain fog was at that point. And the fatigue that I had started feeling back in 2012 was getting worse and worse and worse. So in the middle of 2015, I started thinking that I had a brain tumor and I was scared and I didn't know what to do about it. I knew what I really should do was go find a neurologist and go through all the tests but I wasn't ready to do that. I was too scared to do it. I didn't know what this was gonna mean for my life. Here I am in my mid forties. Is this really gonna be all I get? And so I was just too scared to go to the doctor. And it was, I was scared for myself. I was scared for my family. I didn't want my family to have to deal with this either. I mean, it was just, it was too early. I was like, I'm not ready for this. And so I put off going to the doctor. But the gift in that was at Thanksgiving of that year in 2015, I had a friend of mine who came for Thanksgiving and she had been having a lot of vertigo issues and we had been talking about that. And I happened to be on Facebook 
and I had seen an article from Gwyneth Paltrow's website, Goop, and she was talking about this guy, medical medium, Anthony William, and how he had some thoughts on vertigo. And so I took a quick look at this and I mentioned it to my friend because I said, well, maybe this would help you with your vertigo. And then I sat down and started reading more of it because at the time, Medical Medium's first book, Secrets Behind Chronic and Mystery Illness and How to Finally Heal, had just come out a couple weeks before. And one of the things that he offered was a free copy of the first chapter or two if you gave him your email and went to his website. And so I did that because he also was talking about things like Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which I had definitely been diagnosed with. And when I sat down and read those first couple of chapters, I was completely hooked because all of a sudden the things I was going through started making sense. And that's when I started learning about brain fog and fatigue and how this would tie into the Hashimoto's. And there was even some information on there on the allergies. And of course, one of my motivations at that point was I wanted to get my asthma under control so I could scuba dive. And so I thought, well, this is interesting. It's a little weird that this guy hears a voice from spirit. But as I kept reading through it, most of the answers were eat more fruits and vegetables. Don't eat things like eggs that feed viruses. Hmm. Eggs, those things that have made my stomach feel bad for so long. Huh. Okay. Don't eat dairy because that'll feed the viruses. Don't eat gluten because that'll eat the viruses. And I thought, well, this is interesting. Except for the fact that I found this Thanksgiving weekend. So in the US, Thanksgiving is the, I think it's the fourth Thursday of November. And so once Thanksgiving hits, not only do we have lots of bad eating over Thanksgiving, you know that there's a month of Christmas parties and holiday parties coming up with lots of bad food and lots of alcohol. And so I thought, there's no way I can transition to this overnight. And by the way, I'm not sure I can transition to this ever. This seems really hard and really onerous. And so I'm not ready for this. But during that next month, as I'm going to holiday parties and I'm exhausted and I'm falling asleep at my desk during the week and I'm still losing words as I'm talking to people and I'm feeling like my brain is really messed up, and I'm still thinking, geez, I probably really should go to the neurologist, and holy cow, I may still have this brain tumor. And then I'm thinking back to what Anthony's writing about in his book, and it's giving me hope because I'm thinking maybe it's not a brain tumor. Maybe by eating some more fruits and vegetables, I can actually get this better. Maybe it really is just brain fog. Maybe it really is just fatigue. Maybe it's really just neurological fatigue. So I started thinking, maybe I'll start this for New Year's. Maybe this will be my New Year's resolution. But no sooner did I get back from the holidays, and it was the end of December, and I thought, nope, I'm ready to start right now. And I dove right in. Now, let's be clear, I dove in a little too fast. I dove right into the 28-Day Cleanse, which is in that first book. I tried to do raw. I, I went crazy, right? I, instead of doing cereal for breakfast with milk every morning, I went to smoothies, which really wasn't that hard for me because I had done smoothies at different times. And there was a great salad place by my office at work. And so I was doing wonderful organic salads that were all raw, had lots of healthy things, and I'm great. But where I had trouble was at night. I didn't know what to make for dinner. I was used to having meat and maybe a vegetable for dinner. I had no idea how to transition that. And so after a few days... 
I basically just stopped eating dinner, which I knew wasn't the right answer either because I'd also been reading about adrenal fatigue, which was clearly one of the other issues I was dealing with. And it had been something that I had been diagnosed with three years before. And so I took a step back and restarted. Meat and chicken and all of that are not a troublemaker food. And so my goal came to be just add more fruits and vegetables at dinner until you can come up with some better recipes and figure out how you want to do this. And so during that first month, that's what I did. But one of the first challenges that I faced was I did a weekend away to Barcelona in Spain, and I really was not gone for very long. But since I'd only been following Medical Medium for a couple of weeks, I had no idea what to do with food when I was over there. And so I threw everything out the window and I said, fine, I'm just going to do whatever. And so I went back and ate everything I wanted to. I drank a bunch of wine. I had a bunch of pork. I did whatever. But as soon as I got back to the office, all of the brain fog came back. All of the fatigue came back. And it was crushing once again. And the thing is, I had not realized before that, that it had gotten better. But when it was back, I knew instantly. I knew instantly that it worked, that there's something to this medical medium information because in just a few weeks, I felt so much better. And let's be clear, I wasn't even doing celery juice yet. I didn't own a juicer. I was not crazy about the idea of adding celery juice into my day, but I had started taking out the troublemaker foods and I had started adding more fruits and vegetables in. I hadn't even started doing supplements, but it was making a difference. And so that got me motivated as soon as I got home. And so from there, it took about another month before I started doing celery juice. And like so many people, the first time I had it, I only had four or eight ounces of it and I almost threw it all up because holy cow, there was a lot of stuff going on in my gut. And that celery juice got in there and it was like, woohoo, time to clean all this up. And so I always remind people now, don't start too fast with that. I definitely lived that. But I also had heard from enough people at that point that I didn't start with a full 16 ounces of it or a full 32 ounces of it. And so when I started, I was just doing it twice a week and I just did a little bit and I gradually built up into it and that worked fine. And that was about the same time that I started looking for a health coach. And I just wanted somebody who was going to give me some guidance, who had some experience following all of this information to help me to try to find a shortcut to ramp up what I was learning, right? I'd read that first book already probably two, three, four times. And Medical Medium already had some of the radio shows out on Hay House, but there weren't that many of them. And I'd listened to most of them many, many times. And if you're not familiar with those, they are generally available on SoundCloud and on Apple Podcasts now. So you can go and find the archives for those. He has pulled some of those shows and some of the benefits of some of those early ones. Is he would take callers and he would do Q&A with them. And so it was fascinating when people would get on and say, hey, I've got this going on. And he'd suggest different things. But that was sort of all the information I had. So finding a health coach to help me move ahead in my healing was wonderful. At the same time, Anthony was still doing private consultations. And as soon as I had found his book, I put my name in on the list, but I figured this is probably a long shot because he has so many people clamoring for him, I'm sure. But I had still put my name in, hopefully someday that I would come off the list. And it was in late April, early May of 2016 that I one day got the call. And I was probably four months into my journey on medical mediums information. And I was completely shocked 
when the person that called me said, hey, we've picked your name out of the bucket and would you like a call with him? And of course I was like, absolutely, yes, 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 yes. And we scheduled it, it wasn't even far out. I think it was the next week. And I will tell you, it was a wild experience, right? Here's the guy here on the radio shows and all of a sudden I get to talk to him in person. I mean, what a gift, right? And I told him, you know, I've read the books. I've been listening to the radio shows. I love your stuff. I've read the books like six times. Here's what I think's going on. Do I have this right? And so we talk about some of the stuff I know about, you know, the Epstein bar and the Hashimoto's and the brain fog and the fatigue, which at this point are already so much better. So I know it works. And then I've mentioned this in a few of the other podcasts. At one point he says, so you've dealt with frozen shoulder in your shoulder, right? And I said, yeah. And he said, you know, that's from shingles. And I said, I don't have shingles. Like I'm in my mid forties. Like I don't have shingles. You have to be over 50 to have shingles. And then I said, oh no, I skipped the shingles chapter in the book. I always figured I couldn't have shingles. <laughs> so despite reading the book five or six times, no, 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 I didn't read the shingles chapter. So I felt like sort of an idiot, but he said, yeah, back pain, shoulder pain. He's like, all that's from shingles. And I was like, ah, okay. So we talked about the different supplements that help with shingles and we ramped up some of that stuff. And it was a really cool call. I will tell you the freakiest part of the call is after we had gone through all that and it's a quick call, right? At the time, you only got a half an hour. And so it was like rapid fire, which is why I started off and said, here's what I already know. We don't have to talk about what I've already figured out from the books. Tell me what I don't know. And so we covered the shingles thing. And then there's that question, right? It's the question you really want the answer to, but you're terrified to get the answer to, especially since the previous year, all I'd been thinking was that I had a brain tumor, right? And the question was, is there anything else? It's the question that's full of, do I have cancer that I don't know about? Do I really have a brain tumor? Do I have something else going on? And the good news was he said no. I mean, what a huge relief, right? What a gift. And so I wish we could all still get readings from him because it was really an amazing experience. And I was able to see him. He was doing live shows at that point, And he did one in Connecticut. It's only about 100 miles from where I was in Manhattan at the time. And that was also a crazy experience, which maybe I won't get into that here. But if he ever does those again, I highly recommend going because it is pretty cool to see him do. One of the things he does is he'll do rapid fire readings for people up on stage. And it's just wild. It's that same experience I had when you're like, I just need to know. And so many times our heads can end up in places that are so much scarier than the reality. But I so appreciated the time he spent with me. It was pretty incredible. But during that first year of following medical medium, I was shocked at how many things healed. One of the things that got better really fast was actually my shingles. Every spot where I'd ever had shingles pain, because I had, it was all non-rashing shingles. It was all joint pain and nerve pain. And each spot flared in reverse. It wasn't as bad as the first time it had hurt, but it made me realize how much shingles I really had in my body in different spots between my frozen shoulders, some issues I'd had in my wrist, some issues I'd had in some other spots, but they all flared in reverse. It wasn't that bad. And once they flared, they were gone and they've been gone ever since. And that's been five plus years. But I also had a million other things that healed besides the brain fog and the fatigue, which got measurably better that year. They probably got 70% better. 
other things like my permanently chapped lips got better. My heart palpitations got better. My eyes always used to tear. I always called it my drippy eye syndrome, which is a symptom of fatigued adrenals. Those got better. I used to wake up with my hands all clawed up in the morning and they would really hurt. That was something that took me ages to remember that that even used to happen. That went away. I also had melasma on my face. So it's that just slight brown discoloration on my cheeks. About 80% of that went away my first year too. But one of the other things that happened was about 60% of my hair fell out and my scalp was so itchy that year. And it was one of the things that I talked to him about during my session. In fact, it was the first thing I asked him about because it was so scary to me when all my hair was falling out because it reminded me of when I had started Atkins and my hair started falling out and I thought, oh my God, I can't do this again. But in my case, and this is not the same for everybody, there's a few things that can cause that. But in my case, it was because I was detoxing toxic adrenaline out of my body. And so he gave me some tools for dealing with that. It's not something that cleared itself up right away. And even with the practitioner that I had already consulted with, she did get a couple panicked phone calls from me because having your hair fall out sucks. And if you're dealing with it, I'm so sorry, but I will tell you shortly after that, my hair grew in and it's better than ever. And I've posted about that on my Instagram a little bit. It grew in so much thicker, it's curlier, but it was really funny when it grew in because I still had all this brittle, dead, limp hair. And then all of a sudden I had an inch or two of really healthy, curly, full hair underneath it which created a few weird hairstyles there during the transition, but it's been great ever since and I'm so thankful for it. So moving on to 2017, which was my second year following medical medium, that for me was the year of digging deeper. About 80% of my symptoms were already gone. So my health was looking so much better than it had the previous year when I started, but I still had my nasal allergies. I was still dealing with my asthma and I was still on a lot of meds for that. And I was hoping to get off of those. So as I dug deeper, I cut out all the grains and I was also starting to experiment with doing more days fat-free or all raw or doing some days of all juices. And I did work closely with my allergist during this time because I always was doing a lot of breathing tests when I would go there. And so we kept an eye on those. And When she said it was okay, I started weaning off some of my drugs. I think I was taking four of them at the time and we did them one at a time. And when I would go the next time, a few months later, if everything looked okay, then we'd wean off the next one. And that of course was also predicated on symptoms not coming back in between. And so by the time I got through 2017, I had weaned off all my meds. And the agreement I had with her was still that I would go in and get checked periodically to make sure that my breathing was okay. Because of course, the other thing I was still doing was scuba diving. And so I was always very diligent about this because I didn't want to risk my health for this. So I worked very closely with her for that. But at the same time, while that was getting better, that was the moment when I realized I needed to do some more emotional work too. And it hit me sort of like a ton of bricks. And I've mentioned this in certain episodes already. But it was one of those things, I was actually on vacation at the time, and all of a sudden, it just occurred to me, I was like, there are some things in my life that need addressing, and it's getting in the way of my healing, and I want to live my life in a better way, and I know there are some things holding me back. And so that's when I started working with an emotion code practitioner. I was still working with my chi healer. 
And all that support was so helpful, especially as I started thinking forward to what I wanted my life to look like. And I'm so thankful for those people that they were there with me. And it's also one of the things that inspired me to become an emotion code practitioner. This was also at the time that I was inspired to get my health coaching certification because I wanted to be able to help more people. I'd felt like the experience I had gone through in the previous year and a half was nothing short of miraculous. And if there was any way that I could help people through this, that's what I wanted to do. And the job I was at at the time was very stressful and the people that I worked with were pretty toxic and I was really unhappy there. And the thing that made me happy on a daily basis was spending time learning more about this healing information and focusing on my own healing and doing everything I could to help others heal too. And so that's really when I became motivated to become a health coach and it sort of lays the groundwork for everything I'm doing now. So that was really a great year. It was laying the groundwork literally for the rest of my life. So then when 2018 rolled around, I had decided that I was going to quit my job in New York and I was going to leave New York. And that was not a decision I made lightly. I had started toying with that probably nine months ahead of time, but I knew it was the right thing. I just needed change. I was changing my life. I was changing my health. I was going to change everything. And so I quit my job in March. And at the beginning of May, I went and road tripped across the US. And my goal was to get to Sedona, Arizona. And I love Sedona. I had been there previously and it did not resonate with me the same that it started to during my health journey. There's something magical about Sedona. You may know a little bit about it. There's energy vortexes and all this stuff. But I will tell you, for me that year, it was just a place of healing. It got me into my own space. I ended up staying a little more than a month and a half. I did a lot of hiking. I spent a lot of time by myself. I did a lot of reading. I got a little more into the woo-woo it was just wonderful. And then after that, I decided to explore the country a little bit more because I didn't really have anywhere else to go. And it was so nice to have that freedom. And so during that time, my health was very good. But I will say being on the road full time, there were times when I started dabbling in troublemaker foods. And I tried to keep myself in check with this as best as I could. And for the most part, I could do a pretty good job. Breakfast was never a question I had my juicer with me. I had my blender with me. Even if I was in a motel room, I could get celery. I could get frozen fruit. I could make that stuff and bring it with me in the cooler. Lunch was the thing that sometimes would get me. And I'd end up stopping someplace for lunch and eating something not healthy. But dinner, I would usually have dinner near a hotel that I was staying at. And I will tell you, when you're driving through some of the beautiful states here in the US, like North and South Dakota, sometimes when you're driving down the highway, there is literally just a copse of trees with a crappy restaurant and a gas station every 60 miles. So sometimes you don't have a lot of choices and a lot of options about what you're stopping to eat. But I did over time learn some tricks and there were some things when I was near a good grocery store that I would stock up on. And I certainly always had smoothies with me. So that was helpful. But I did the best I could. And overall, I did a pretty good job. And that trip was so healing for me and I really enjoyed it. And after I got back from four months of that, then I went to Southeast Asia for four and a half months. And that was a little trickier. I didn't have a blender with me. I didn't have my juicer with me. I had one suitcase that was mostly full of scuba equipment. And that was about it. But I will say, being outside of the US, I started my trip there in Bali. There's so much beautiful fresh fruit there, including lots and lots of dragon fruit. 
and a lot of other fruits I'd never seen or heard of before from over here. And that was a wonderful experience. And I stayed in Ubud a lot of the time. There's a lot of restaurants there. There's a lot of raw food restaurants there. That was another really healing part of my traveling that I really loved. But even as I explored Asia a little bit more, I learned that you can find a lot of places that'll cater to you. I will say celery is not one of the easiest things to find over there, but if you could find a juice place and talk to them about the fact that you wanted celery, you could sometimes even bring them the celery because they didn't usually stock enough for them to juice a whole head of it. But they would work with me. And sometimes I would bring it to them. We would come up with special pricing, especially if I knew I was going to be there for a few days. We would work out a schedule and they were happy to work with me on that. And that made it a lot easier. Now, I can't pretend that I had celery juice every day that I was over there, but there was probably a week a month that I was having celery juice. And for where I was at in my healing, I was pretty happy with that. And overall, my health, even though I was getting into some things because I was eating out so much, you know, you just don't have as much control. My health stayed very good. And I was certainly motivated when I got back home to get right back on the wagon with my celery juice and with my heavy metal detox smoothie. But while I was over there, I did experiment with a lot of fruits and I did eat pretty healthy overall. And it was such a wonderful experience and I would not trade that for anything. So moving forward into 2019, this was a different year for me. I had come back to the States to help my mom downsize and move. And that year ended up being really stressful. I ended up driving around the US a lot. We ended up in a lot of restaurants together. I didn't have as much discretion over everything during this time. And I will say this is when I started feeling some of that. Because as medical medium says, we can't get rid of our bugs. And if we do feed them, they will come back. And I'm here to tell you it is absolutely true. And one of the other weird things that happened, we had just done a road trip down to Florida and back, and we were gone for probably a month and a half. And I had my first migraine and I didn't get a headache, but I had visual auras and my speech got impaired. So I was speaking in gobbledygook and I thought I was having a stroke. So I ended up at the emergency room and I ended up being fine. Although again, I was reacting to the different medications they gave me and whatnot. So that was as always, an interesting experience. And I certainly doubled up on my heavy metal detox smoothies after that. And it's fascinating having learned so much from medical medium to actually be able to engage medical professionals now and talk to them a different way now that we've all learned so much. It was fascinating. So most of 2019 for me was really up and down in terms of how I was eating. And by the time I got into early 2020, mom had moved into her new house, we were getting her all settled, and I was ready to crack back down. And of course, no sooner did I decide to crack back down than we discovered mold in the new house and had to do mold remediation. And by the way, I don't wish that on anybody. There was mold under the island in the kitchen where the kitchen sink was, and when they came and ripped it all out, it was also underneath the floor, and we ended up having to replace the floor in almost the entire house. And so... That took us out of the kitchen for a month, a month and a half. We did do some celery juice in the bathroom. We used the blender in the bathroom, but I found a couple smoothie places nearby too. But again, it was not the easiest. And so we ended up eating out a lot and whatnot. But I was so thankful because we got the kitchen fully put back together by the first week of March. And that was the first week of March in 2020, which was right before lockdowns hit. 
And so as soon as lockdown started, I was like, amen. (laughs) I can't even go out to eat anymore. I am so thankful. I am going to stay home. And then shortly after that, Medical Medium came out with the Cleanse to Heal book. And as soon as I made sure that I could get food on a regular basis and that we had enough toilet paper in the house, I started doing cleanses. And boy, what a gift that time was, because it really helped me clean up some of the things that I had been eating from the previous year. And it really helped me get my health back under control. And it was such a gift. There was no pressure to go out. There was no pressure for anything. All I had to do was stay home. And that's when I started working on getting my health coaching business off the ground and also brainstorming how I was going to do the podcast. So that was so exciting. And it was during that, as I was doing the three, six, nines, that one of my symptoms, I had vitiligo on my forearms and I could almost literally watch that fade as I was doing those three, six, nines. It was sort of incredible. And so for me, 2020 was really just about cleansing and digging deeper again and really getting back to the roots on my medical medium stuff. So 2021 has been a little bit of a different year for me. I had done so many cleanses in 2020 that I was sort of done with cleansing and I was tired of it. And the stress of everything that had been going on in the world was starting to get to me a little bit. And I know a lot of you can relate to this. The last year and a half has been a crazy time and I'm not immune from that. And so there have been times when I've brought gluten-free grains back in. And since I have such a history with strep, that has started to become a problem again. And so I've noticed that between the stress and the gluten-free grains and the very occasional troublemaker food, I have noticed a difference in my health. And so it's one of those things that, again, I need to buckle down again. And so I recently just did two rounds back-to-back of the simplified and the original cleanse. And so if you're looking for a change of pace, I did a lot of advanced last year, and it was a little much. And I just wasn't ready to do those advanced cleanses again. I got a little sick of spinach soup, I'm not going to lie. But I really enjoyed the simplified cleanse and doing the original back to back. And so that's been very beneficial. But one of the things that's been so interesting this year is even though I've seen an increase in my strep symptoms, at the same time, the eczema that I've had on my hands that started four years ago has finally gone away. And I think there's an interesting lesson in this because I think different pathogens are sensitive to different things in our bodies. And I think the gluten-free grains I had brought in were definitely contributing to the strep, but a lot of the other things I was doing were helping to knock down the Epstein bar. And so I think that's really important. But what I need right now is to just crack down a little bit more. And I'm good with that. I know what to do. I've learned a lot over these last six years about how to ramp my protocol up, what works for me, what's easy for me to do, what's harder for me to do. And I've learned tricks on how to get around a lot of things. And so that experience can be such a benefit. So if you're starting out, don't worry about it. Just figure out what works for you along the way. And it is a learning process and embrace that as the learning process because life gets in the way of everything, right? And the thing is, once you're armed with that information, you'll have it forever. And so I just want to summarize here at the end where my health stands now. I have healed probably 70 or 80 different things 
including some of my big things like my shingles back pain and things like that. And I've never had to go on medications for my thyroid. My chapped lips went away. My heart palpitations, a lot of skin issues went away. There's a million different things that have gotten better. One thing that I would still like to see a little more improvement is I have a little bit more weight I'd like to lose, but I don't look at that the same way as I used to. I look at that now more as a sign of what my liver's doing. And it just tells me that my liver needs some more work. And the fact that my strep has popped up again, that's telling me too that my liver needs a little more work. And that's fine. But it's been amazing to me over the past six years, just what a difference this has all made in my life. And so one of the questions I often ask my guests is, what do you wish you'd known when you started out? And I will tell you, and I've touched on this a little bit during this episode, I didn't understand how fast some things would heal and how others would take a lot longer. And so in my first year of healing, my shingles went away really fast and the neurological fatigue also went away pretty fast. And there were other things that took longer though. The eczema lingered for almost four years. And clearly the strep is one of those things that for me is super persistent. And I'm obviously more sensitive since it's come back up. But keep in mind, this is just for me. There's a lot of different varieties of each of these pathogens out there, and we will all react differently. But I would hope on your journey, you're also going to have things that will heal pretty fast because it's so important to get that positive reinforcement because it's one of the things that keeps us motivated. And it's certainly the thing that kept me motivated, especially in those early weeks, was to see the difference that this really made. This is all a process. It took my body a long time to get sick the way it did. It's going to take it a while to heal too. And you know, we deal with a lot of other external things that don't support our health, such as pollution and pesticides and radiation and other things in the environment around us. But the thing is, every step that we take and that we can control about what we put in our bodies to get them as healthy as possible makes it easier for our bodies to heal even in spite of all the things that we can't control. So I hope this episode has been helpful. I've loved telling you my story and I really appreciate you listening. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode and thank you so much for being here with me on the first anniversary of the podcast. Show notes for this episode, episode number 56, are available through your podcast provider like Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you have followed Quest for Healing. And they're also on my website at carefullyhealing.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to check out the Quest for the Best holiday gift guide, you can find a link to it in the blog section of my website at carefullyhealing.com forward slash post forward slash HGG 2021 for holiday gift guide 2021. Or you can go to the link here in the show notes. Next week's episode will feature the very moving health journey of Megan Maynard. Megan is an amazing athlete, but that came to a halt after she began a downward health spiral, dealing with painful constipation and gut issues, insomnia, agonizing sciatica, plus a myriad of other symptoms that eventually landed her with a Lyme diagnosis. The resiliency that Megan has demonstrated during her health journey and how she endured through her climb back is nothing short of amazing, and I think you'll be truly inspired by her story. Please tune in next week. 
Thank you for joining me today on the Quest for Healing podcast. These discussions are not intended to provide medical advice, but rather to give you examples of methods and modalities that you may find interesting, informative, or helpful. Please work with your doctor as you undertake your own health journey. Hey, it's Kirsten. Before I started out on my health journey, I didn't know how poisonous many of the cleaners I used in my home were. Then when I started trying to clean the toxins out of my body, I started to question if the cleaners I was using were just adding back more. And how does that make sense when we're using toxic chemicals to get things clean? So imagine how excited I was when I found non-toxic, fragrance-free, essential oil-free Branch Basics cleaners. Now I use them for many things around my house, including scrubbing my kitchen and bathroom, cleaning my juicer, and as the laundry detergent for cleaning my clothes. Plus, it's also the soap that I use to wash my fruit because it's also sodium laurel sulfate-free. So check out branchbasics.com. Their starter kits make it so easy to get started and you can use my code carefullyhealing, which is all one word, for 15% off your purchase. And because I always wanna be upfront with you, this is an affiliate link, so I will earn a small commission if you buy using my code. But I only recommend this product because I love it and use it myself. So if you're ready to start cleaning your home with a healthier cleaner, go to branchbasics.com. <laughs> 